Hi, my people. This is JT, obviously, and you're listening to Figuring Out Wokeness. Um, You can probably tell from the title of this episode, Tolerance in the Christian Church, that this one's going to be kind of heavy. It's also actually going to be pretty personal for me um, because I don't know how to talk about this subject without making it personal. But I also want to make sure I make a clear distinction because my intention isn't to offend and I'm making a clear separation between the Christian church and Christianity. Christianity, the religion, has values of love, tolerance, acceptance, um, forgiveness. However, I don't always see, especially the tolerance one, being practiced in the Christian church, especially the Christian church in America. And I'm not blanketing every church in America. I'm not blanketing every Christian with this ideology. But there is a pervasive issue within Christianity, not exclusively, but I will address what is the most prominent religion in America because, you know, (laughs) I've just had some unique experiences that I'd I'd like to share. Um, But before I get into that, the whole reason why I'm even broaching the subject is that um, politically there was a mega pastor, a mega church pastor named Louis Gigolo. And he was sitting down this week with a uh, rapper named Lecrae and the CEO and founder of Chick-fil-A. And they were sitting down and having a roundtable discussion about race. I have a feeling that he might not have equipped himself clearly with what he was going to say. And I think that most of his conversation must have been off the cuff because he got in a little bit of hot water when he broached the subject of white privilege and so he was talking to these two men he was saying that like white people have a real issue with like the term white privilege um and that instead it should be like reframed and just wait for it he reframed it as white blessing yes you can you know youtube the video white blessing um yeah. Um, let me just say that uh, I was disappointed in the only black person there on stage not being able to counter the argument with what's the issue with white privilege. Like, I think that, that the conversation should have been, there should have been an interjection right there. What's the issue with white privilege? You have had a 400 year start, head start, on not being oppressed, having wealth and power, while African Americans, Black people in this country, have literally been raped, killed, enslaved, separated from their family, sold like cattle. You have the privilege, because of your white skin, of not experiencing that. And it's a privilege in that context because it gives you a freedom that black people in this country are trying to fight, insist, and demand for. And yet the conversation didn't go there. And after him referring to white privilege as white blessing, I think it took a weird ass turn. 
in my mind, when I think about blessing versus privilege, um, I'd say that blessing is more favorable of a term than privilege. But, you know, because there is a spiritual connection with the idea of of a blessing. You know, like when I hear blessing, I think something that came from God. And I couldn't help but, I mean, like it immediately, like immediately brought me back to an experience I had in seventh grade. Just a little background on me, and I'll make this quick. Um, I went to private Christian school for about a decade. Um, From, I'd say, third to 12th, maybe second. I have to go back and look at some yearbooks. And so... I'll never forget in seventh grade, I was sitting in a classroom in religion class because we had that uh, once a week. And the gentleman who taught religion class, he hated my guts. I don't know why. Well, I know why. I, I had a feeling that he had some issues with the two, only two African-American students in the class. And we had one um, Asian uh, young man who was my best friend, Jayoon, wherever you are, hope you're doing good. Um, he, he, we were it. We were the only minorities. The rest of the class was white. And so one day, um, I was sitting in his class, not really paying attention. And, um, my friend Jayoon like elbowed me. He's like, did you hear what he said? And basically what I caught the end of is that he was saying that like Cain Cain's people were black and they were the descendants that were going to be damned for generation after generation after generation. So basically he's equating black people to Cain. Like we're Cain's descendants. And therefore that is why we have been subjugated throughout the world. That's, that was his logic. And um, the crazy part about it is like, by the time I was like really paying attention, he was saying that's why it's very important that we visit countries like Africa and South America because the only thing we can assure these people who are again damned for life and generation after generation condemned um the only thing we can offer them is salvation so luckily Jayun said to him like so does that mean that like JT is damned for life and he said he said well She's light-skinned, so that means that she has a mix of Cain and Abel's descendants, which I really don't understand where he went with this one. And he was like, so, like, we don't really know, because she's obviously, like, he went on to talk about how, like, the darker you are, the closer of a descendant you are to Cain, and the lighter you are, you're a descendant of Abel. Like, completely fucked up shit to tell Not only three minorities in the room, but to like ingrain in what 20 some odd white kids. Um, just like nuts. And I and I have to say that like for some reason, you know, like when it comes to the pastor, I give him a little bit of credit because again, after a decade in Christian school, the subject of race was like taboo 
it was rarely talked about. Fast forward for me to high school, I went to high school right after the Rodney King beatings and left high school right before the O.J. Simpson trial. No, no, no. I O.J. Simpson's trial was occurring my last year of high school. I'm dating myself, but that's okay. The, the aversion to talking about race was crazy. And then the ways that race played out during my experience in Christian school was just like, it was insane. In high school, I can't say I had even a better experience because um, my school was literally, it was very, very small. There was, I had 20 people in my graduating class. I know it's crazy. Um, And then the problem there was that the school, my class was split exactly 50-50 black and white. And again, all of these very racially charged events are happening and we're talking about it as black students among ourselves but the white kids just they were not having it and our teachers were not having it and there were all these kinds of I would say it was called like the best term for it would be like cultural neglect because like for example in that school which was different from my middle school we had a situation where we did like kind of like chapel once a week and African-Americans usually, not all, practice Christianity in a very expressive way. That was immediately squashed. Like we were explicitly told there would be no clapping, there would be no swaying. And like on, literally the the pastor who did our weekly chapel specifically looked at us and said like look we're not having that in here like just crazy instances and then if that racism was too subtle there was like explicit racism that we understood among the black students of there are some teachers who are not going to give you an a you might be lucky if you get a b When it came time for our our small class to then nominate people to go take basically the equivalent of AP classes at the local community college, none of us were offered to go. I mean, my mom basically had to take me up there, sign up for classes, and then insist that after I did extremely well and I'm getting all A's in the courses that I chose, she had to like talk to the principal about taking the credits and having them like double count as college credit and high school. Um, so there were lots of like instances where just ignorance and, you know, um, I don't know. I, there was just, and it, let me just be very clear that like there just wasn't a lot of tolerance expressed because on a separate subject, Bigotry was explicitly taught. Um, I don't know. There was a movement in the mid-90s where uh, Christian churches were very, very concerned about gay culture becoming normalized. And so my sex ed classes consisted of no sex education, 
but explicit lessons on how um, gay people were sinful and that we should stay away from them and we shouldn't watch gay TV shows. I think that was around the time that like Will and Grace came out Um, and they were just like freaking out. And I remember sitting in class and I had just had enough and I like pointed out to the teacher that the same garbage that he was spewing about gays and lesbians were the same rhetoric that was used against blacks during slavery. Like, we're cursed, we're damned, we're sinful, and therefore whatever we get coming is, you know, coming due. Which brings me back to the pastor this week and another incident and another encounter with someone who I think, I don't know, I don't know what he was thinking. Um, It's been a week. I was walking with my two-year-old down our block, and I do live in a gated community. My husband and I moved here kind of suddenly for him to uh, redo a degree. And so I was like, okay, I have a one-year-old. Let me just like, gated community sounds good. Um, Normally I don't pick a gated community, but you know, it was the only way for me to move here and feel like I was halfway safe because I had no idea where we were coming. And so this black Mercedes, I'm walking my daughter, this black Mercedes comes driving up and he rolls down the window. And so I know it's one of my neighbors because you can't get in the gate if you're not. So I'm thinking, oh, he needs help. He rolls down the window and he's like, hi, ma'am, can I give you this? Now, let me just say, I'm walking with a mask. There's nobody around. He is unmasked and he's trying to hand me two books out of his car. Again, I'm not Christian. I already know about the Christian faith. I wasn't interested. And so I said to him, oh, thank you, but no thank you. I don't think we're the same religion. Thank you anyway. The response I got from him um, was visceral anger and I was scared because there was nobody in the neighborhood. There was nobody out, which was exactly why I decided to take a walk with my toddler. And so he goes, it's about your salvation, screaming. And so like, I quickly like darted down the street. And when I turned back to see whether or not he like had kept going, what did I see? A big ass Trump Pence bumper sticker on the back. You know, between my experiences in middle school and high school, between what happened this week with the pastor, between the Trump guy talking about, you know, my salvation, I can't help but wonder whether or not there's real tolerance within the Christian church, not within Christianity, but within the Christian church. But I have to even say that, like, sometimes I wonder if there's tolerance within Christianity, because I had said to him, I'm not, we're not the same religion. I respect that he's Christian. Do you respect that I'm Muslim? Probably not. And just his reaction to the fact that I wasn't the same religion and that 
I wasn't really interested in being propatized to, especially during COVID and you have no mask on. And I'm a woman with her child alone in the neighborhood. It just was like extremely like inappropriate. And again, triggered this whole idea of, you know, can tolerance be found in that religion? Is it being practiced in the Christian church? I know that it is because I see pastors, rabbis, and imams on TV. Um, When there's an event that happens within the community, they rally together. And I have a feeling that they're not trying to convert each other to each other's religion. They are respectful of the fact that you believe something else. They see you as a child of God no matter what. And I can speak for the imam and I'm sure he's saying, look, I don't know if I'm getting into heaven, so I can't really judge whether or not you are like that has literally that was literally one of the things when I sat down with an imam that he was like, look, I don't know. He's like, you know, I asked him, like, do you think my mom's going to heaven? Because, you know, he's she's Christian. He was like, look, I'm just trying to get myself into heaven and you need to worry about you getting into heaven. And of course, we share, you know, our beliefs with those who inquire. But this is about self. I, I, I would say it's about connection with yourself to a higher being. And that's it. And after, you know, my experience this week, after reminiscing on some of the intolerance that I ex- have experienced Um, from people who practice that religion, I couldn't help but tie together how the conversation within the Christian church in America has to evolve. And I, again, I have, I know the bar is low for me to give him credit for breaching the subject, given how he blundered it. But I think his blunder is also an example of how that conversation has not been had within that faith um maybe it needs to be had in lots of other faiths as well i can't speak to that um the my current religion is one that believes that you know all muslims are connected we have muslims of all different races and are explicitly taught that we're one so it's i can't really say like it's a big issue within the religion I practice, but I have to wonder, you know, why is there such a deficit within a religion I used to practice? And it's not, it needs to be addressed because you can clearly look up any poll about the faith practices within America and millennials and Gen Z, they're stepping away from Christianity And I think a lot of that has to do with the intolerance they see and wanting to be disassociated with that. And so I'm having this conversation with my Christian brothers and sisters to just say that despite what that pastor blundered, the conversation needs to evolve within the community. There needs to be some hard looks at what biblical practice, biblical um, 
theory, biblical uh, philosophy is and how that is or not isn't being applied to issues that are facing the real world like race, um, sexual orientation, um, poverty. I mean, the list could go on and on. So I debated whether or not to even drop this episode because it is so highly personal, but I would really like to know what you think. Please hit me up on Twitter. It's JT, obviously. Um, I'd love to know respectfully, you know, what your thoughts are on it. Um, No matter what your religion is, you know, I'm curious. And if you have any suggestions of how you might be broaching that subject with people that are of your faith, um, whether it be Christianity or not, because again, the conversation has to get better. With that, guys, I'm going to leave it there. I hope you guys have a good week. I hope you had a good week. I hope you're being good to each other. If you're not, please start. And again, as always, thanks for the time.